Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode 41 of the Health KPI podcast. Today, we're diving into good stress versus bad stress and finding that balance for success. Now, stress is all around us, more so now than ever. We have these devices that allow us to be accessible 24-7, and it takes that line between when you're working and not working away. Many of you found during lockdown that when you were working from home, that it was really hard to, to balance those lines, to, to separate the lines of when you're on and when you're off working and home-wise. But even when you have an office that you're going to, it still does make it hard to separate once you've come back home to, to just shut it off, to turn it off at times. And the demands at home are even larger now with extracurricular activities with our kids, social media polls. There's so many things that can be entertaining us now that were not available like 10, 15 years ago that can really pull us in and change our stress levels. And the thing is, is how do we determine which is a good stressor and which ones are bad? What if there really isn't such a thing as a, a good stress or a bad stress? Like, what if it's not black and white? Oh, this is good and this is bad. Like exercise. Exercise is a good stress. And no hand, like just no way to talk about it. It's just always a good stress. Or eating healthy is always a good stress. The thing is, is that it's not really black or white. And we need to start diving into the definition of good and bad stress in order to start understanding that. So good stress is what we call eustress. Eustress is, is the term for good stress. And this describes positive or beneficial stress. Unlike distress, which is the bad stress, which is associated with negative feelings, harmful effects on the body and the mind. And eustress, refers to stress that has this positive impact, promotes growth, growth, promotes growth, motivation, and well-being. Use stress, we often link to situations that challenge us in a positive way and encourage that, uh, that personal development. These situations might include exciting events, closing a deal, achieving goals, taking on new responsibilities, or even facing manageable levels of adversity. We think of 
you know, doing a half and then like, Ooh, I can do a full marathon then. Oh, I can do a triathlon and then going to an Ironman. We can keep increasing these levels of adversity as long as they are manageable for them to maintain and stay a eustress. The key difference though, between eustress and distress is that eustress enhances the performance focus and overall sense of accomplishment while distress can lead to negative outcomes such as anxiety, burnout, and reducing well-being. So eustress is the kind of stress that sparks a sense of excitement, invigorating, and readiness to take on the challenge, ultimately contributing to our personal growth and success. A really, really great example of eustress and how it can blur the lines and move into a distress is a roller coaster. When you're on a roller coaster, quite often it's a busy day at the park and there's, depending on, I know where I live, um, Canada's Wonderland by us, when with all the newer rides, it can be an hour, two hour wait to get on a ride. So you have about an hour to two hours. Once you get off one, run to the other line, you're an hour to two hours of wait again. So you're getting that time to experience that excitement and euphoria of that roller coaster. And you're getting the time to recover after as well. But let's say that this is a day where the rides aren't that busy. And Nobody is waiting in line after that you finish. They don't make you get off. You can go right on the next one. And this happens over and over and over again. Eventually going around on this roller coaster just becomes too much. So this stress that was exciting and exhilarating and all of this description that we talk about, like conquering a fear where we talk about these as being a stress, starts moving into a distress when we get more and more and more of it that it gets to the point where you need to get off of this ride, even though there's still no lineup. And you're probably tossing your cookies by that point. You're discombobulated. Your focus is off. Your mood's probably off. Your energy is tanked. You're just feeling off all around. And that moves it into that distress. Example in, um, we can use it with, in the corporate world where you're navigating a really complex deal. So imagine that you're part of a team in a, in a competitive business environment and your company is on the brink of closing a major deal that can significantly boost its market's presence. The stakes are like really high and the pressure is intense and this looming deadline, it adds this extra layer of stress. Initially, the situation will feel overwhelming and the immense responsibility and tight timeline, it could create a sense of distress. The fear of failure, the weight of expectations contribute to increased stress levels and the uncertainty surrounding the outcome and the potential consequences of not delivering can really be anxiety inducing. And, and I know with, with, many people that at first when a situation arises where all this pressure comes in they they do stop and 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 have this moment of like you know that eustress moment but they can shift it over they can shift it into 
or sorry, that'd be distress. They can shift it over into that eustress state. So, and the transformation starts occurring that instead of allowing yourself to stay in that distress state, you start like your team can start reframing the situation. They might start seeing the project not as a challenge, but as an opportunity to showcase your skills, teamwork and innovation. And, and they start channeling their stress into the, the to like focused efforts and determination. They may um, stop, reevaluate the project, check your KPIs. Like we do this in business all the time where when things start getting overwhelming, we stop and think about it. And you know this, this is what I'm about to tell you is the strategies for transformation. And you guys, this is what you're taught um, in work. When you do reach that distress in projects, when you're working with people, when you have these deadlines, you're supposed to build up a collaborative mindset where your team rallies together and you leverage each member's strengths. You may have a breakdown in strategy where you instead of viewing the project as this like big hole of all the stuff stuff that you have to get done, you break it down into manageable tasks. You may have adaptive thinking where you recognize challenges will arise, but instead of panicking, you treat the challenges as opportunities for creative problem solving and growth. And you might focus on the learning. So instead of fixating on the outcome, you shift your focus to what you're like, the lessons and insights you're gaining throughout the process. And you start celebrating small wins, which is big in the book, uh, The Gap in the Game. I know last uh, last episode I mentioned 10 times is Better Than Two Times by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. Their book before that was The Gap in the Game. Such a great, great book on, on really stopping and looking at how all the, the successors that you have had up until that point. The thing is, is that like, as the project is progressing, the we you are when you're introducing these strategies of you have learned in business you are transforming this distress into eustress and when that's when you have a healthy team when you have a positive like great leadership and a really great working environment and so even with that really good working environment really good team really good leaders you have all these skills you have all these things in place and you close the deal and it feels great. Like you're feeling that really great stress, the success, everything that we said about you stress, where you're just feeling that sense of pride and accomplishment. The thing is though, is that our bodies can only handle so much. So if you had projects and deadlines like this over and over and over without time to recover in between, then that you stress and the stress piles up and becomes bad stress. So it's the same thing, like that roller coaster, when you have a couple of hours, an hour or a couple of hours to um, wait in line for the next ride, you're able to recover and be ready for the next ride. Most of the time, you will find when you have not had enough time to recover, then you do really feel the effects of that ride. And that's the same thing with doing these projects at work. And it's it's definitely is possible to shift your mood back to this positivity and introduce, introducing all of these transformation, transformational concepts. 
But here's the thing. What happens when your dam overflows, right? You have to stop and repair the dam. You need that recovery time. When it comes down to your energy, your focus, your moods, your performance, and like we're usually starting to look at in order to like if those start decreasing because distress has kicked in, then we start looking at your sleep. We look at your HRV, your stress tolerance marker and your recovery stats like we dove into in the last three episodes. And that's where we need to start figuring out what stressors can you get rid of in order to decrease how much water is flowing over that dam so you can repair the dam. So there might be situations in business where, let's say with the stock market, where you, oh, let's think of, I know the, the, when the banks um, collapsed in Silicon Valley over the past year, when those banks collapsed, that was overnight. There was so much stress. People had to figure out where their money was coming from, what was, what was happening and all of that. And that stress, you can't stop it, right? That is a stress that can't be stopped. It did go into a use stress. For some people, they were able to use all these tools and strategies to still be able to figure out all the right strategies to be able to, 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 to get their company where they needed to get to, to save things. But over time, their dam broke. Like the stressors that are on that are just insurmountable. There's only so much you can handle of that. Now, what would have happened had right away that happened again, or right away something else in their business happened again, where they had another fire that they had to put out right away and another one, they all add up. And so things that may have lit them up at the start or for stock market, this is a great one actually, is with a stock market or even a lawyer. So stock market, let's say that the um, the markets aren't doing well and all of your clients, like there's just everything has dropped and it's, it's dropping for about a year. That is a insurmountable stress on you over time. Thing is, is you can't stop that. But what can you stop? That's where I get into the win principle. What is necessary? What is next? This is something that I used with first responders where um, fires you, fire guys actually use this, that if they're on a call and let's say you get separated from your team. And you have to stop and assess the situation. Literally, where are the fires? Where, where, like, how do I get out? So what is necessary? First off, getting out. Then you start thinking, okay, what is necessary about that? What is the first thing I need to see? I need to start seeing the routes that I can get out of here. Um, which ones are clear? Which ones aren't? Which ones are safe? You, you start focusing on one thing at a time. So you start checking the exits in the room that you're in. Once you've done that, you've assessed which one you're like, okay, what is next? What's the next step? What is next? What is the next step? Breaking things down. So when it is to the point where that stress, like if the stock market's for a year, that means every time you're going in, like, you know, that the stocks have gone down, that you have to start figuring out strategies to be able to plug that dam enough to be able to help your stressors. 
And if that's where, okay, what can we focus on? We can focus on your sleep. We can focus on getting you the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your stress system requires to be able to handle the stress you're throwing at it on a daily basis. We can make sure that you're nutritionally getting the right foods and everything on a daily basis. We can start training your resting system as well. So that every time you notice you're going into a stress state, you can kick yourself back out. That's a huge one when you're in a situation like that, where you do have a big stress on you all of the time, all the time. When that is hitting you, when that is on top of you, you need to bring in these strategies. So this win principle is like so huge. But we can get into other situations where, uh, like with a lawyer, I was just thinking where they have case after case after case, <clears throat> just back to back. One case finishes their, oh, well, they probably have multiple cases on the go at the time. It might be get to the point where at the beginning of their career, they get excited for having so many cases, excited for having so much on their plate excited for being able to do this. You have the energy, you have the bandwidth, you are good to go. But over time, I'm sure harder and harder cases start getting thrown at you that if the same volume of these hard cases get thrown at you, that incrementally increases the work. And then we also have that your family life has probably changed having kids or maybe getting married, having kids, all of these things start taking more time away from your focus and everything at work on your cases as well. So this you stress that may have put a fire under you at the start of your career because of the way that life changes has happened because of the way that stressors have, have gone around through time in your lifetime, in your story, it might get to the point where some of those you stresses may have changed into distress. And there's so many different routes and avenues we need to take that are so individual for you. So with this lawyer, is it something where they can bring in another associate to help with a lot of the workload or two or three? Is it something where they can bring in another assistant? Is it something where they can um, delegate more of these cases to somebody else or take a lot of the workload off of their plate? Is that possible? What can they do at home to help out as well? Like getting somebody to help with meals, meal prep, um, laundry, all of these things, like just getting somebody to come in and help out so that when you're at home, a lot is done um, so that you can be spending time with your spouse and your, your family. There's a lot of different things. We need to take a look from so many different angles and everybody is in their own situation. So what is going to work for one, which strategy is not going to be the same for somebody else. So we really need to look at that. But when good stress starts moving into bad stress, when you stress moves into distress, we need to start looking at things. And we don't need to take out that biggest, as I just said, it's not always possible. You may also have like a sick parent or a sick child, financial stressors, you may have an autoimmune disease or another disease. We can't always take out the biggest stressor. We can't take out the one that has become a distress. But what we can do is start taking making small changes. These can lead to big effects. We have that compound effect, not a decision of a reactionary decision, but a decision that you're making based off of the data that you have accumulated that tells you what does and does not work for you based off of your health tracker stats. So that's your objective data, as well as your subjective data of things that you know and feel as well to 
alleviate stress for you. We really have to look at this big picture like you would a business. In a business, in any of your jobs, you need to look at the big picture. You need to figure out what changes can you make now that will help you improve over time. Sometimes we do need to look at things to stop a bleed right now, but then we need to, once that bleed is stopped, take another look at that view, another of the win principle, what is necessary or next now to look at, okay, long-term, how can we prevent that bleed from happening again? Or what can we do to strengthen it so we can handle that bleed when it happens again, because certain things may happen over and over again in your business. So the thing is, is, is we look at this big picture and we figure out what the changes we, that we can make over time. Now, when we're looking at stress, does this mean that if we stopped all of your workouts, will we take out stress? Yes. If we stop um, a project, will that decrease stress? Well, yes, as far as your workload and everything going into it, but it depends on that project. Would like decreasing a caseload for a lawyer? Yes. You know? The thing is, though, is stopping your workouts over time, it will start causing health issues. So that's a reactionary um, a reactionary decision over time. Stopping projects can eventually make a business go under. We just need to stop and make start smart, data-driven decisions on what projects should you focus on. How can you adjust your workouts to not increase stress and instead benefit your body more? Or increase it when your body can handle it, but be able to help it recover. And um, when your body is having too much stress that it can't handle that really big push, it's never all or nothing. It really is. It's not good or bad stress. It's embracing the stress as a catalyst for growth. So we're using it as a catalyst for growth. I've spoke about this in other podcasts where one of my clients um, travels a lot. He has a lot of day trips, sometimes overnights, depending on where he is traveling all through the United States and meeting clients. And we noticed when we started looking at his data that certain flights stressed him out more than other flights or certain trips, we ended up figuring out that it was flight times. So if you're somebody that does do a lot of business travel, really looking at your data, and it takes time to look at this data to figure out, like we'll look at the data and go, okay, what if we change this one thing and see how that changes, positive or negative? Then we'll adjust something else. So it takes time to figure it out, but we were able to figure out the best flight times that worked for his HRV. So he could, with his goal, was to be focused and calm with his kids when he wasn't working. And a low HRV, the lower your HRV, the less calm, the less focused, the less present you're able to be because you have less of a tolerance for stress. I know for me too, like my first burnout crash happened when I was competing in fitness competitions in my early 20s. I was overtraining, I was under eating. Had I had a tracker then, to help me with my data, I would have realized that all of that exercise, the strict eating had become a distress. It moved from that eustress to a distress. And I really could have stopped it sooner. Had I had a tracker to help me, oh, I just think like I may not, well, I may not have ever gotten into that burnout crash, which wouldn't have gotten me into what I'm doing today. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where I do always wonder. So here's the thing. 
we need stress in order to strengthen our mind, strengthen our body. It's really important. The thing is that there isn't such thing as a good or a bad stress. That's where last episode we dove into recovery, understanding when your body's recovered from that stress so that you can push it again to build that resiliency up. And when it hasn't recovered, and if you push it, you will knock it down and become a distress. So last episode on recovery completely ties into this you stress, this good stress and this bad stress. One can become the other. You can move a bad stress into a good stress and a good stress into a bad stress. So it's just like the stock market, how it ebbs and flows. We can use the information on our health tracker to really leverage our stress as a catalyst for personal and for professional growth. All right, that is it for today's episode. Remember to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. The more likes and subscribes that we do get, the more podcast is shown to others that we would really appreciate you um, getting this podcast out to more and more people. If you are ready to take the proactive step and dive into your data in order to find out where we can excel your focus, your energy, your performance, then click on the link in the show notes to schedule a personalized discovery call with me. And together, we will uncover how we can work together to harness stress as a catalyst for your growth and success. If you're considering investing in a Whoop or an Aura Ring to elevate your health tracking, um, in the show notes, I have my friends and family discount code. Anybody who has one, so if you know of somebody else as well, absolutely ask them. My discount codes are in the show notes. I believe it's one month free for Whoop and at the moment, $40 off of an Aura Ring. That could be the Canadian price. I'm not sure. Um, so make um, So you can go in and get that discount for yourself. All right, stay curious, stay inspired and continue embracing the intricate dance between stress and progress. And I'll see you in the next episode.